Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your hosts are Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family with the resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here are your hosts, Sharon and Becky. Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. My name is Sharon Hennepin, and I am a 22-year breast cancer survivor. And I'm Becky Olson. I'm a 20-year, three-time survivor. And boy, are you guys in for a good show today. We're going to talk about a very popular subject, and that is proper nutrition, not only for weight reduction, but also how, do, how you can eat properly to reduce your risk of recurrence. Our guest today is Dr. Ken Weiser, a naturopathic physician who works in the integrative medicine department at Providence Hospital here in the Portland area. Welcome, Dr. Weiser. Thank you so much. We're well, so we're happy s- to have you. You bet. Happy to be here. <laughs> you know, some of the there's a couple of little side stories I want to tell. I, I've known Dr. Weiser for many years. Um, he was an adjunct professor at Merrillhurst University, and I took a couple classes from him. And Dr. Weiser, I don't know if you remember, but you invited me to do one of your brown bag lunch series, uh, luncheon Nike, series at yeah. Nike. That's kind of when we first got right. acquainted, isn't it? Right. And, and after I heard you there is when I signed up for one of your classes. It was pretty awesome. So, And then when I went through cancer the second time, um, Dr. Weiser actually took a picture of his head being shaved, and he sent it to me with a little note that just read, in solidarity. <laughs> and it just made my heart so happy. That's that's the guy we got on the phone with us today. <laughs> really yeah, great. Yeah, and actually, didn't he even write a, a little quote on your on your book jacket for your book, too? Yeah. yeah do you remember that's... doing that? It's been a long time <laughs> I now. Do. I do. I still have a copy of it. Oh, yeah. Awesome. awesome. That's great. Well, so, Dr. Weiser, yeah, can you just tell us a little bit about your story? Because I know that there's quite a story there. It involves Hollywood and Portland. And why don't you share with our listeners a little bit about yourself and your personal journey? Sure. I, I see myself as an unemployed filmmaker, and <laughs> now I get to play doctor, and I've been playing doctor for about 17 years. But really, the, the crux of it for me was um, being diagnosed in 1989 with testicular cancer, and at that time, I was literally running up mountains. Uh, a fun day for me was going on a bike ride, swimming, and then running up a mountain. Wow. And when I <laughs> got some <laughs> cancer treatment, um, I, I remember being at the end of my street, and I could not walk home. I could mm. not stand up, and I could not make it from one end of the street back to my uh, place where I was living. That was wow. pretty devastating. Yeah, and, I guess so. And I just thought, there's got to be something I don't know. There's got to be a better way. There's just, there just has to be more. And at the time, I was working in Hollywood, making trailers and documentaries and all kinds of different stuff. And I had the maybe not so brilliant idea that there was more to life than making movies and making TV shows and commercials and music videos. And it was a very, as you know, having cancer and going through cancer treatment, a deeply challenging, profound, scary, terrible, wonderful thing. It's like Humpty Dumpty falling off the wall and everything gets broken apart. And Mm -hmm. 
And so you know, it's, it's interesting. To, it's interesting you said yeah. uh, scary and wonderful all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to speak it, to it that? Is. Just Yeah. We can Tell talk me about more that. about that. Okay. Um, but my, I, you know, sometimes in life you just got to go insane. And <laughs> even though I was uh, a union editor in Hollywood and I had been working in the film business for many, many years, I made the choice to leave and to go to naturopathic school and become a naturopathic doctor. Um, it was one of those insane decisions. And for years in medical school, people would say, why are you doing this? <laughs> I bet. Say, I don't people know. Would... <laughs> I, just, I just know I have to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think the bottom line is there's so much need. There's so much need that, oh, that's my pet chihuahua shaking himself. <laughs> Truffle, thank you. Um, <laughs> there's so much. There's so much need for support. There's so much need for ideas and for uh, uh, a comprehensive, full program outside of and in addition to chemo, radiation, surgery. That's just part of it. We have to. We have to go all the way around the circle in terms of spiritual care living care, dying care, nutrition, supplements, herbs, right. exercise. We, we have to do it all. And that's not an easy thing for people to accomplish. So that's what I've been trying to do the last 17 years. Well, that's great. That is an amazing accomplishment for you to to really listen to your heart as to what, what your path should be. Uh, that mind, body, and spiritual connection is so, so important, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, I, I think it's it's a hard path sometimes because you're mm-hmm. leaving your well-worn, safe abode. But mm-hmm. I think it's also the way to be fully alive and also to find a way to be of service. And I think ultimately, being of service is is so critically important for all. Of, at least for me, I can't say all of us. For me. Yeah, for for us too. I think uh, I can speak for Becky too on that one. Yeah. So so tell me the difference between integrative medicine and alternative medicine. Well, it's it's sort of like real estate: location, location, location. <laughs> so medicine may be doing some of the same things that I'm doing. They may be talking to their patients about. Uh, what they're eating, they may be reviewing and making recommendations for herbs and supplements and homeopathy and exercise, but they tend to be doing it on their own mm-hmm. and not in a team way. Yeah, um, that. Mm-hmm. And, and also, usually in a very individual way, healthcare, alternative healthcare practitioners are, are highly individualistic. Yes. And there tends to be no standard or code or oversight, whereas I'm literally in the hospital, down the hall, in the same offices with the oncologist and meeting with the radiation oncologists and the medical oncologists and the social workers. That's great. And we're all on the same computer system and we're all talking and we're sharing patients. So 
it may not sound like it's a big deal to be a team, but it's actually a really big deal. Well, and I I found so many doctors really they don't they don't really understand um, some of this mind and body stuff that goes together, and so to me it exactly. does seem like a big deal. It, it is a critical big deal because there's potential for harm. There's huge potential for miscommunication and mistrust and mixed messages, which I mm-hmm. hate. Um, mm-hmm. You know, an oncologist might say something, and then an alternative practitioner might say something contradictory to that. Right. And I think that's really, really, really unfair to patients. Mm-hmm. And so to essentially try and bring all the medicines together in a reasonable, rational, coordinated, humble way is, is a very important thing. Mm. I wish you were around when I went through this. <laughs> that was 22 yeah. years ago, so I can't, I can't even uh, hardly, yeah, that, that was, that's pretty, and hopefully I won't have to go through it again, so that won't be a problem, <laughs> but, but so I know Dr. I talk Weiser, to patients oh, all the time that, yeah, that, that can use you for sure. Absolutely. Dr. Weiser, I have a question for you, and it's kind of a tough question, but it's one that we really get asked pretty frequently, and that is when somebody is newly diagnosed with, with cancer, whether it's breast, ovarian, or you know some other type of cancer, one of the things that they ask all the time, I mean, we just hear this, is, so what is the advantage to just trying alternative therapies? I mean, doesn't it make sense, rather than poisoning my body with chemo and radiation and all these other things, I mean, why shouldn't I just try alternative methods? What kind of success have you well, seen? Well, I, I have two answers that. for that. When okay. you put it that way, well, yeah, of course it makes sense. Like, who wants to do chemotherapy and radiation and surgery? Right. Nobody in their right mind. They're, right. You know, it's bonkers. <laughs> and when you look at it in a different way, it's pretty easy to understand that cancer is actually really hard to kill. Mm-hmm. You have billions and billions and billions and tens and hundreds of billions of dollars being spent on really intense ways and now more high-tech ways to kill cancer in oncology, and it's bloody hard to do it. Mm-hmm. And so you get one shot at this. This is not something that you can practice and go, hey, you know, I should have had a little more broccoli or a little <laughs> more bacon or... You know, I should have had two capsules of turmeric or... No, you get one shot at this. So I would humbly submit that the integrative approach rather than just the alternative approach is is really something to consider where you get... You, you can always make your choices and you can always change them, but surely to be, to be oversighted by an oncologist to be supported by a naturopath, to be working together, to get all the tools to see what what's the best thing you can do. And unfortunately, in cancer, a lot of times, most of the time, the way to get, quote, cured is harmful. It just yeah. is. Mm-hmm. That's a really hard thing to accept. And there's, you know, this phenomenon, I don't know if you've heard about it, it's called the Internet, <laughs> and you can you can get on there and you can find stories of you know people who were became vegan and got cured or became paleo and got cured or prayed right. or got cured or saw this person 
Mm-hmm. These people are usually hard to find if they right. even exist. Right. And just because someone else got cured doesn't mean you will. So yeah. it's it's a weird thing. And in like your most confluberated, scared <laughs> state, you have to make your most rational, clear-headed choices. It's really challenging. Yeah. So yeah. consider integrative medicine. I I got to tell you, honestly, doing this work for 17 years, I have seen many people die because they just want to do natural alternative things and they they could have been cured by oncological medicine and I have seen many people die just doing oncological medicine and not getting nutritional support or other support and they just get wasted and so we need we need it all here we need the whole the whole palette Right. That makes complete sense. And and again, does does what you do also help with side effects and, you know, some of the toxicity of of these drugs? Yeah, that's probably the main thing I do in my life is try and decrease the negative effects of chemotherapy mostly and also surgery and radiation. Sure. It's really amazing to me that people don't understand the basics of chemotherapy and and I'll give you my spiel in about one minute. Okay. And I say, what is chemotherapy? And they say, well, it's drugs or, you know, I say, well, how, why do they give it? Well, it, it poisons the, the cancer. Okay. The reason that chemotherapy and oncology even exists is because cancer is fast growing. Mm-hmm. And if you put chemicals in the body, the faster the cells are growing, the more they're going to die because they eat more of this stuff. You can't mm-hmm. grow fast without eating more. So you oh, put okay. this, these chemicals in the body, these fast-growing cells are fast-growing because they're chomping really a lot of nutrition, just like a teenager at Thanksgiving, and they <laughs> die. We like that. The problem is a lot of the cells in your body grow really fast, like your hair. You know, you get haircuts. You don't get ear cuts. That's why <laughs> the American Cancer Society sells wigs and not fake ears because your hair can fall out because it's eating. Exactly. Generally, you can do pretty good without hair. I'm pretty bald. But <laughs> the, the fastest growing part of your body is your digestive tract, the tube from your mouth to your behind, and that turns over every two or three days. That's where all of your nutrition comes from. That's where almost all your immune system is. So people are getting essentially clear-cut. They're getting their their core nutrition and immune system getting beat up, and that's what we have to restore with probiotics and food and supplements, and that can make a real difference. And when I tell patients that, they're like, oh, I get it. I yeah. get it. That's yeah, why that I get tired. That's why icky taste because that's part of the tube. That's why <laughs> constipation and diarrhea and, you know, all this icky stuff because that tube is getting beat up. Mm. So That's a great, great way of explaining that. Thank you very much because I know um, when I'm not taking my probiotics, I, I get gassy and bloated and I just have terrible indigestion and it's like, Miracle drugs, <laughs> miracle stuff, you know, when I take my probiotics on a regular basis. 
crazy. Yeah. So, Dr. Weiser, are there some natural foods that you can take that would give you probiotics without having to take supplements? Yeah. Uh, Give us one example. Certainly the the most obvious one. You know, probiotics are are basically what makes food rot. Um, Okay. And our motto is, if it doesn't rot, eat it not. Because (laughs) if if it doesn't rot, it's not food. A Twinkie is not food. (laughs) <laughs> Cheerios are not food. They they sit on your shelf. They don't rot. So True. anything that makes food rot, and the, the easiest, of course, is fermented um, milk or, or, you know, animal milk or non-animal milks like yogurts and kefirs, and they just are chock full of probiotics, and they've been eaten for thousands of years traditionally by people all over the world because... Food goes sour, and and that's good. But we're not, you know, in America and and more around the world, we have more of a sweet tooth than a sour tooth. Yes, Even we do. <laughs> kind of, you know, tricked out with icky fruit and sugar and stuff like that. So, so eating, if you can tolerate milk, you know, there's tons of good yogurts. And if you can't tolerate milk, there's there's all kinds of other yogurts now made out of rice and soy and coconut, which is really yummy. And so that's an easy way to get lots of probiotics. That's wow. excellent advice. Thank you for that. We're going to actually head out to a break here in just a minute. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what is food. And in the meantime, we'd like you to think about the calls or the questions that you might have and call into our show at one. 1- 866-472-5792. Again, that's 866-472-5792. And when we come back, we'll still be on the line with Dr. Ken Weiser. We'll talk to you soon. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. Every day, you hear so much about different aspects of the health and wellness field. One day, you hear one thing, and the next day, you hear something that contradicts what you heard the day before. How do you know what's right? Try tuning in to The Cutting Edge of Health & Wellness today with Dr. Neil Nathan. Our goal is to educate and explore this field with guest experts in order to help you take control of your health and well-being. Listen Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back to our program. We've been talking about nutrition and integrative medicine with Dr. Ken Weiser. Thanks for staying with us, Ken. Um, so, Thank so you. tell me, tell me, you you kind of was uh, were were um, heading this direction as far as what is food. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I know that's kind of one of those laughable questions, but it's really not. <laughs> I know. Well, let me let me tell you what food is not. Food is not anything that you put in your mouth. That's not true. Or anything okay. you can buy. Okay. And I I was struck fairly recently by uh, a conversation with a patient, the young woman who came in. She was about 200 pounds overweight. And she had been trying to lose weight for years. Finally, her doctor sent her to the nutritionist. And uh, she saw the nutritionist and then came to see me. And I said, well, what did the nutritionist say? And she said, well, I should read labels. And I said, stop. Food doesn't have a label. And she mm-hmm. looked at me and she said, what do you mean? I said, food doesn't have a label. That's manufactured corporate industrial stuff that's put in a box or a can or a jar. And she said, well, what is food? I said, food is a single thing unto itself. Apple, tomato, parsley, rice, pig. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it is. Right. And and she literally could not comprehend that food wasn't something you bought, that you paid someone else to process so it would have shelf life and it had all these ingredients that she was supposed to read the label for but had no idea what the ingredients were and would never could never actually make that herself. She could never right. buy those ingredients and put it together. <laughs> Makes and, sense. And I I think... You know, that's a somewhat extreme example, but it's not because we're used to other people preparing our food, whether we eat out or we eat fast or we eat junk food or we buy prepared food. And we're not so used to taking the time and effort to shop and cook and eat and take the time to really understand the art and craft of food which is really amazing Mm -hmm. because food is your best medicine. I was thinking about this before you guys called, and I was thinking you could stop saying your mantra, and you may or may not feel better. You could stop doing your affirmations. You may or may not feel better. You can stop every medication you're taking. You may or may not feel better. But if you stop eating, you'll die. And we don't think of it that way because we're Mm -hmm. in a – ocean of calories, an ocean of food. Most people come in and they're overweight. That's their biggest problem is how to, how to lose weight from an overabundance of, quote, food. So we really got to rethink this whole food thing, especially if you're a cancer patient. Very critical. So how does this food that you're talking about without labels, how does that play into building up our immune system? Well, your immune system needs a healthy gut and proper nutrition. Many people with cancer, and when I tell patients this, their jaws drop and, like, the light goes on. They go, bing! Many (laughs) people with cancer don't actually die of cancer. They die of malnutrition or, in 
infections that are related to compromised immune systems related to malnutrition or treatment. So we have to maintain proper, adequate, and I would say when you're a cancer patient, optimal nutrition. Mm -hmm. We want to maintain steady weight. We want to have ample protein. We want to have fresh food with all the colors in it. We want to have food with the right amount of fiber that gives us good poops. We want to keep our, <laughs> our, our bacterial lining, all those probiotics alive and healthy. It's actually a lot of work. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. And our country spends the least amount of time shopping, cooking, and preparing and eating food than any other country in the world. Wow. And I would say we probably eat the fastest, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it that's takes true. 20 minutes for the food to get from your mouth to your tummy and your stomach to say, I'm full. Almost everyone I know is finished eating before 20 minutes, so they don't get that signal. Right. So you can overeat before your body says, I'm full. Ooh, that explains so, how you can suddenly just feel like you're going to explode because that 20 minutes hit and you overate, and now it's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And you're on your iPad, and you're making phone calls, so <laughs> you kind of don't go until you hit a point of real discomfort. Mm-hmm. And that's, that should be a red flag that you've overeaten. So there's okay. a lot to food that we, we don't talk about. We, don't, we, you know, we tend to say, well, you know, broccoli is healthy or kale is healthy, so I eat more of that. But it's not right. just what you eat, it's how you eat. Okay. Well, that really makes a lot of sense. I'm again um, just just hearing what you're saying. Um, I'm sure we're educating our listeners in in such a great degree. So I'm really excited that you're on our show. So so when you're building up your immune system, um, it sounds like our food can actually be our best medicine. Is that is that what you would say? Your your food is is your best friend or your worst enemy. Yeah. <laughs> So it's, it's your best friend in terms of giving you ample protein, healthy fats, fiber, whole, whole grains that keep you healthy, keep you going, keep your immune system robust, keep you away from getting uh, unnecessarily sick, you might say, uh, keeping your immune system resilient mm-hmm. and just And the other way, as your worst enemy, just a simple thing, such as a little bit of overeating, 200 calories a day, which is almost nothing, like a little tiny handful of food. If you eat 200 calories a day more than you need, more than you burn, you'll gain 20 pounds a year. Wow. For breast cancer patients, this is a critical thing because the weight is usually fat, and it's usually around the belly. And unfortunately, that fat is hormonally active, and it's usually estrogenic, and quite a few breast cancers are estrogen-driven. So you're essentially creating a milieu in your body with more estrogen than you want, potentially driving a cancer process. So what you eat is really important. And of course, exercise, which hopefully we'll talk about too, they... You know they relate, so the, so the fundamentals are unassailable. You can't you can't get around them. 
But we so we let me ask something. Yeah, Let me ask something on that, um, you know, because there are a lot of us who are estrogen fed cancers, all three times I've been estrogen fed. And yeah. so I, I know for a while I went through this process thinking, why don't I just have my ovaries removed because I'm taking medication that will reduce the estrogen in my body. But here right. I had this belly fat that was continue. Is this what you're saying that even though I'm taking these medications yeah. to stop estrogen, my belly fat which seems to happen to a lot of us after menopause, um, is actually producing estrogen. So having my That's ovaries right. removed would not be the single answer to, <laughs> I was thinking it's that might be the easy answer, answer, but no. No, no. no. Weight, weight is is definitely, and especially belly fat, is definitely a risk factor for um, for recurrence. It is. I'm, and so, I'm glad to hear you, you clarify know, that. I talked about that much, but it, it's, not. it's something that's modifiable. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, we we tend to go for the dramatic things or the the curative pills, you know, the wonder pills. But the fundamental stuff of keeping fat down and weight down and keeping fit is really overlooked and really important. Yeah, and so after menopause to too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and I know after I menopause too, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was forty when I was diagnosed, and boom, first chemo threw me right into menopause, and and wow. then then that adds a whole nother element of trying to keep your weight down because your body just slows down like a slug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. As women get older, generally, and certainly postmenopausal, either naturally postmenopausal or chemically induced menopause, it's just harder to trim down. So it, it, it becomes more of a challenge, but also uh, more of an imperative because, frankly, it's easy for women as they get older to gain weight. Yes, and it is. it's easy <laughs> them for them to gain belly weight, and it's just an accepted thing, and that's okay. But to reduce, reduce your recur- risk of recurrence, you've got to do everything. Everything yeah. you can. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing you have control over. That's right. There's not a yeah. lot you do have control over. You <laughs> no, don't have really control is. over your genetics. You don't <laughs> have control over the estrogenic things generally in your environment. But you do have control over what you put in your mouth, chew, and swallow. Mm-hmm. That makes That's sense. And how you move your body and how you sleep, too, all those things. Yeah. Well, Dr. Weiser, let's talk about the art of eating. That sounds fascinating. What does that mean? Yeah, I, I have this crusade to convert people to Judaism. <laughs> Judaism. That, that I can only guess what that means. Because <laughs> my observation of myself and others is we don't actually chew our food. We just gulp, gulp, swallow, gulp, gulp, swallow. And you need to chew your food to slow down, to know when you're satisfied before you're overfull, to start mixing the enzymes in your mouth and in your stomach, get all your, your hormones going and your enzymes going to digest your food, and basically eat less. Um, so I think we have to take food a lot more seriously. We have to teach people how to cook. I think that a big part of Cancer care should be teaching people how to shop and cook and sitting down and having slow meals. And the art of eating is to actually taste your food. Amazingly Mm -hmm. enough, we don't do that because we eat too fast. We're doing other things. And your brain 
can literally only focus on one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. If you're driving and you're looking at the road, you can't actually taste your, your Whopper burger. If you're tasting your Whopper burger, you're distracted from seeing. So uh -huh. tasting is a really wonderful, important thing. And, you know, look at it. Why do people do surgery and radiation and chemo and eat kale milkshakes and, you know, become vegan and chant? And why do they do all of these things to, quote, get cured? So they can be sitting there, being alive, enjoying their life, maybe having a meal with someone they love, and yet we go right past it so fast, so we really got to slow down. It's not mm -hmm. just a spiritual thing, although that's part of it. It's an actual digestion thing. Mark Twain said, to eat is human, but to digest is divine. And <laughs> it's true. So we have to become Jewish again. We have to slow down. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so that's a whole other topic, isn't it? Just, just that enjoying life and appreciating that good food in front of you and, you know, looking at how beautiful the food is, um, the natural, um, you know, I, I can imagine you have a dandy garden, don't you? <laughs> I, have a dan I have a dandy garden, yeah. <laughs> I, bet, I bet you go out there in the summer and pick out your, your, your fruits and vegetables that you're going to have that evening. I can just, I can just see that. I do that, yeah. I, I'm amazed that people have to go to new seasons or whole foods, and I just, I just have to go outside and graze and pick out stuff. <laughs> Nothing tastes as good as oh. stuff you grow yourself and then pick and just eat it right away. Oh, I, I love it. I love that. You know, one so, of the, can I just okay. share another real quick thing? Because I'm going to ask you another question. Um, my, my, uh, a friend of mine, somebody I care very much about, we had a, an argument one day over half and half. And I was saying that half and half is better than fat-free half and half. It might have more calories, but the ingredient list on half and half is milk, cream. On fat-free half and half, the ingredient list is about an inch and a half long. So it's not always the calories that we're concerned about, and that's what, you're that's what I'm hearing too. It's not just yeah, the calorie that's count true. that's going to help in weight loss. So can you speak to that? Because I know people who drink diet sodas thinking that's not going to hurt them versus regular soda that we know is going to pack on pounds. How do, how do those things fall in or relate to the diet situation? Yeah, my, my suggestion is anything that says diet on it, you should throw out immediately. Okay. And anything that says low fat or no fat, you should throw out immediately. Okay. They're, they're okay. not foods. Fat is the only way you get vitamin A, D, E, and K. Of course, you get D from the sun too, but eating them... They have these critical nutrients. Fat has more calories, and it's more satisfying. So you actually eat less when you eat fat. We need healthy fats. Fat has been demonized. Diet foods get tricked out with artificial flavorings and sweeteners, with lots of salt, with lots of sugar. Diet Coke, diet sodas are highly addictive, and there's very good evidence that they make people put on weight. So, real food. Can't okay. get around it. Yep. Perfect. Perfect. Without, lab without labels. I lo I'm loving without that. Labels. Yeah. 
Exactly. That makes complete sense. So before um, we get to our, our next break, let's kind of dive into that exercise and diet kind of after cancer. Again, we're trying to uh, uh, reduce our recurrence rates, right? Yeah. So here's, here's the other jaw dropper when I tell women this. After breast cancer, I say, women, the research is very consistent on this. Women who exercise pretty much daily, and that can be a good long walk every day, and I say 10,000 steps a day, which is five miles. Yes, it is. Women who exercise every day have 50% less recurrence of breast cancer. Wow. There is no drug that good. There is no treatment that good. Plus, you reduce your risk of heart disease, osteoporosis, falls, dementia, obesity, depression. So we have to move our bodies, especially women after breast cancer. You know, the, the crazy thing is usually after breast cancer, they're, they're just beat up and they're tired and they're exhausted and they're all flamobied, you know, their sleep's messed up and they're stressed out. And I'm saying, I want you to walk five miles. And they just look at me like, you're insane. <laughs> and that, that may so, be true, but it's a doable thing. And you get Can we clarify that for a second? Let, let's clarify that My for a second. Does that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, does, that, does that five miles, when we talk about 10,000 steps a day, because, you know, all these Fitbit things and pedometers yeah. and whatnot, yeah. they always stress 10,000 steps in a day. That doesn't have to be yeah. like in one... Sh- Straight no. shot, right? That's throughout the no, day when no. you say 10,000 exactly. steps. So okay. people walk a mile or two just around the office or doing okay. their laundry or, you know, what's their daily stuff. But right. you are definitely going to have to take a walk. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah. And I've, you get I've tried out the 10,000 steps. It, it takes, yeah, it's all you turn good. off your iPhone, mm-hmm. and you will have to exercise every day. And, and it goes, of course, hand in hand with, uh, how you eat is how you burn those calories. You've got to burn calories, too, and keep trim. And so there's no substitute for exercise. Um, and I know, you know, we live in Portland, and one of the, ones that, one of the retorts that make me smile is, yeah, I don't want to walk in the rain, which is really <laughs> funny in Portland because it rains half the time. And so right. I just tell people it's okay. They're waterproof. Yeah, I won't melt. Umbrella technology, (laughs) and you know there is raincoat technology, and so they. Oh yeah, so it's (laughs) it's really like habit, you know. Yeah. How? Where do you put your time and energy? And it's choices, self care, and self love, and and also the wisdom of doing these essential things that that care for yourself and for your family and friends in the world. Good. Hey, Dr. Weiser, we're going to have to take a short break. We are going to come back for the final segment, and Dr. Weiser has agreed to stay on the line with us. So we will be back. We'd like to encourage callers to call in at 866-472-5792. Again, 866-472-5792 if you have any questions about anything we've talked about today. So we will be back to you shortly. Thank you. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. 
Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Ouch! What do you think of when you think of dental procedures? Well, when you think about it, the teeth and the rest of the body are strongly connected. What happens in one part affects the other. In the Tooth Body Connection with host Dr. Don Ewing, we'll explain more about these concepts as well as discuss the role that your teeth play in your overall health. You'll learn about amalgams and how removing them the wrong way can be toxic to your body. Tune in Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned in to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. We're talking uh, with Dr. Ken Weiser. Um, So far, we've talked a lot about um, whole foods, you know, real foods, and the role that they play in our healing, um, going through a cancer diagnosis, and then many years later, trying to make sure we don't have recurrences. So uh, thanks for staying with us, Dr. Weiser. You're welcome. So we're going to talk a little bit about, in this last segment here, we're going to talk about stress management because we all hear how stress causes or can lead to serious illness including cancer so how can we as a human being control stress in our lives and what role does all this play in it well that's a really good question because stress is sort of this vague thing that's hard to measure and quantify and yet we all know we're profoundly affected by it. Our sleep is affected by it. How we live our lives is affected by it. So I would say there's two things. One is the, the best way to, quote, manage stress is to do things that you know are helpful and stress-reducing. Exercise every day, eating good. You know, the Mediterranean whole food diet consistently shows in the research about 50% less occurrence and recurrence of cancer. So when you're eating and you're shopping, you know you're doing something good. That has to reduce your stress. It's a practical thing when you're exercising. 
Mm-hmm. And then I think you have to commit to some form of daily, regular, for lack of a better word, mental hygiene or mental floss. It's, you know, it's, it's what happens between our ears that makes us cuckoo crazy. <laughs> did you we say mental floss? <laughs> he did. <laughs> he did say mental floss, right? <laughs> I want to make mental sure I heard that right. <laughs> yeah, I love we, it. We drive ourselves nuts with our stories about what's going to happen and, you know, all this stuff. That there's a lot of fear. And so oh, there's so much fear. Whatever that means. What's that? I said there's so much fear and anxiety, you know, when there's somebody so gets finished. Fear. Oh, my gosh, yes. So whether that's prayer or meditation or my favorite thing is go out and serve somebody. Go out and help somebody. Take the attention off yourself. Become yep. a doctor. Cook some, some healthy muffins for somebody. There's so many people that need your support. Or volunteer for breast us. friends. Volunteer, <laughs> volunteer for breast friends. Really. Exactly. What these guys do is incredible. And you Thank take you. your mind off your mind. Otherwise, it's, it's crazy. So stay active. Stay proactive. Um, and then do the things that you love that, that give you pleasure. Yes, absolutely. That's one of the things we really talk a lot about because um, many times a woman, when she's getting through her cancer journey and and then she feels like she's just been like let off and, and the tether has been <laughs> broken and she's just floating out in the abyss um, and waiting for the cancer to come back. And so a lot of times people will just totally freak out about everything that they're putting in their body and what do I do? What do I do? And again, now, now that we've really had this conversation, I have a little bit of a different approach to that. I'm going to talk about what food is. I love that. And then being able to just not get so uh, wound up about it. Like you said, just be able to to relax. And, and that stress management, I think, is huge when, when we're talking about uh, managing our anxiety. Can you talk about the yeah. Mediterranean diet for a second? I know you mentioned it. We've all heard of it. But just in a nutshell, what does it mean, kind of? Yeah, it's, it's really a long-term traditional diet that you could easily argue is, is a whole food, good fat diet. So it's a really simple diet. It's got plenty of fish, plenty of protein, tons of healthy fats, mostly as olive oil. In fact, traditionally in the Mediterranean, they actually drink this stuff. You know, it, it's sort oh of my. America and, you, you know, you dip your bread and stuff in it. So there's mm-hmm. plenty of healthy fat and fish and healthy protein, and lots of nuts and whole grains, and tons and tons and tons of fresh vegetables. Right, lots right. Of veggies. Sounds so like real food. It's sort of <laughs> it's, it's the flip of what, you know, American food has been for decades, which is get a big plate, put a big slab of meat on it, put your big refined carbs on there, mostly potatoes, and then a little bit of canned or old vegetables. It's the flip Ugh. of that where you have lots of fresh food, lots of fresh veggies, drizzled with olive oil, lots of yummy whole grains and seeds and nuts, and then an ample but appropriate amount of protein. 
And, you know, and then you eat around this big table and you gesticulate and you tell jokes and you take hours. (laughs) You know, that's the whole thing. So it's part of the social thing, too. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever had ouzo? No, thanks. No. I'm I'm Greek and I don't like ouzo. (laughs) What is it? What is it? I don't even know what it is. Tastes like NyQuil. It tastes horrible. It tastes like the green NyQuil. It's very licorice, but it's so strong and really pretty nasty. I wouldn't recommend it. But no, anyway. no ouzo, then. Yeah, I yeah. like red wine better. Hey, yeah. let's talk about exercise, because I know I was in a class with you one time, and you described this one fabulous exercise for building bone mass. And yeah. I would love to have you share that with us right now, because I actually do this. In fact, I'm yeah, going to do it right so, now. It's so simple that it's sort of ridiculous, and Cultures have done this traditionally all over the world. The way you build bone is you stress it. You, you need weight on bone to actually compress it, and there's an electrical signal that tells the cells to make more bone. Like, hey, we need to, we need to up our game here and make more bone. So mm-hmm. the way you do that is either gain 200 pounds, so Oof. I don't recommend that, no. Or you exercise and you keep walking and smushing those bones and, and pushing those bones smushed so that the cells make it. But we can't walk all the time. So one really great way and traditional way to build bone is to double the weight on your hip and your long bones while you increase your balance by standing on one leg. You just mm. double the weight on your femur on your long bones and increase your balance. Now, of course, do that safely if you need to hold on to something. But generally, most people can learn how to stand on one leg longer and longer, increase their balance, and you can do that anywhere, anytime. And it's kind of fun, and, and it really can make a difference. And those little things can help increase your bone density, which is very important as we all get older, especially for women as they get less estrogen estrogen as they get older, and especially women with breast cancer who are on estrogen-lowering meds, they right. really need to be diligent about bone density. So when we're you know, standing in the grocery line, we can uh-huh. just do that, right? Yep. <laughs> okay. yep, that's, a, that's a great, I mean, really, any any time you have just a few minutes where you're just hanging out and you're standing around, just try that. That's a great, great tip. The trick is yep. to do it without Absolutely. looking like a stork, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you so, don't have to pull your leg all the way up. <laughs> <laughs> so I've done a little, I've done a little oh. cheat version. I hope this still works, but I, I'll be standing there and I'll pull up my right leg and I kind of rub my left ankle with it like I'm scratching it and, and then I'll switch and rub the other one. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's cheating, but whatever. No, no. <laughs> but I loved it when you off the ground. Yeah, I loved it when you shared that, and I think when you you had the whole room full of people stand up, which was really cool. This was I, what we're talking about is the survivor luncheon. Doctor Weiser was our speaker that we had, who came in and spoke on nutrition, this very same topic, and he had the whole room stand up. And he told us this is the best thing you can do. And people were guessing jumping jacks. And he goes, no, but you can't do that when you're in a meeting. So you were talking about how you can do this when you're in a meeting. And it was pretty cool because you can. So just lift your leg because it, it does. It takes your weight from two legs and puts it all onto one. So it made perfect yep. sense. And I've been doing it a lot ever since. So I hope it's okay. making a difference. I'm sure it is. 
So wow. that's pretty cool. I think it's it's a lot about just keeping these things in the front of your mind. So whether it's, you know, um, stress management or, you know, walking from the parking lot, um, uh, standing on one leg. I mean, there's all these little things we can do that are going to help our mental, um, uh, I guess, attitude around the cancer coming back, as well as our physical, the things we have control over. Yeah, it makes complete sense. So that's great. So let me just ask you one other quick question. I, there's a lot of hype right now around apple cider vinegar. Tell me what you think about that. You know, it's it's wonderful. It's, apple cider vinegar has been around the years, decades. In the 70s, it was all the rage. I actually have a book, uh, the Vinegar Book, and it's pretty much the cure for everything. Right. And now it's back <laughs> again. Yep. And, you know, and this, from my perspective, it's, Every week almost, there's another thing, whether it's mushrooms or vinegar or somebody just brought me a, a new herb from the Congo yesterday that I had oh never my. heard of. Or, it's, you know, it's this tree bark from Peru. Um, you know, vinegar is a natural uh, rotting food. Right. Vinegars are, are things that are rotting. They're healthy, mostly because they're acidic. And we need acid to break down our food. Some amazing amount of people in America are on acid-blocking foods. But you need acid in your stomach to kill bacteria, viruses, and fungus, to break down your protein, to get all your minerals, calcium, iron. We need acid in our diet. And, And apple cider vinegar is actually a pretty decent way to get it. So you can just take a tablespoon before you, you eat a meal um, or a teaspoon, whatever you want, and to also start developing taste for bitter and sour rather than what we go for, which is sort of the cheap, fast stuff. It's like food pornography, which is, you know, the, <laughs> the salty and especially the sweet. You know, yeah. it's such a sweet tooth. We do. So we need more of the bitters, you know, coffee by itself is a great herbal tea. It's bitter, apple cider vinegar, and of course, apple cider vinegar, you can add in with some extra virgin olive oil, and voila, you got the perfect salad dressing, but yeah. I still don't understand uh, how anything can be extra virgin. You either are or you aren't. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Weiser, on else. that, we only have about 30 <laughs> seconds left, so is there a magic bullet? Is there a magic bullet? For all of all yeah, of this. the magic bullet is everything you do put together, not the pill that you got at New Seasons that says, you know, nature's best or nature's cure. That's not the magic bullet. The, okay. the magic bullet is everything you do all day, everything you think, eat, move. That's the magic bullet. Well, thank you so much. We actually have to close now, but Dr. Weiser, thank you so much for everything that you've shared with us today. This will be available online, um, so we do have to wrap this up, but I do want to encourage you all to tune in next week as we explore how to turn life's challenges into blessings with two very special guests, Beverly Vogt, who's the publisher of Breast Cancer Wellness Magazine, and Ann Peters, the the founder of Pink Ribbon Society, who was given four months to live 39 years ago. So enjoy. We Thanks for, for staying tuned in. 
Absolutely. Until then, remember there's always hope and we're here to help you find it. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Sharon Hannafin and Becky Olson again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There is always hope and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time.